Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Dr. Gina. Welcome to Primetime. This week... The leftist, elitist, institutional racism of the Biden family has been exposed once again. I'm sure you've all seen the video by now of Jill Biden mispronouncing the common phrase, si se puede, which means yes, we can in Spanish. And it really is an embarrassing video. So just in case you haven't seen it, here it is. So say it with me. Si se puede. The future is ours. Thank you. I can't. It's, it, that's rich. Anyway, embarrassing, yes. But that actually isn't what I found so notable about this incident. What I saw there in that clip was Jill Biden making a ridiculous attempt at pandering to people based on their skin color. She and Joe, you see, look at people and they see color. She looked out at that crowd and thought to herself, I know brown people speak Spanish. Maybe I can pretend to be like those people. You see, Joe and Joe Biden have spent their entire lives in a white elitist world in the state of Delaware. All along, they've judged people based on their race. Skin color is all the Bidens see, and it's all they've ever seen. Joe Biden is also famous, don't forget, for giving the eulogy at the funeral for Democrat Senator Robert Byrd, who was a prominent member of the KKK and served alongside Joe Biden in the Senate. They were buds. You don't ask someone to give your eulogy. You're not asked to give a eulogy of someone who's not your good friend. They were tight. So make no mistake about it. And it's a favorite tactic of powerful political families like the Bidens to win elections by dividing people up based on race, putting them in buckets, turning them against each other, and then pitching themselves as the solution for the racism that they created, right? And that's one of the reasons why they see racists everywhere, everywhere they look. And that's why they accuse you of being the racist. It's because they are actually the racists. Check out this tweet from the POTUS Twitter account today. It says, a cabinet that looks like America. And the picture shows what Biden claims to be a racially diverse cabinet because all that matters to the elite leftist institutional racist is the color of your skin. The Biden family spent their lives in Del Delaware, where Joe Biden noticed a trend years ago as Indian immigrants started coming to his state. And he said this. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. So fully, am I, I'm not joking. He sees color. But that behavior from Biden isn't really surprising at all. The Bidens spent their lives amassing a fortune. Two homes in Delaware worth more than $4 million. Politics has been 
good to the Bidens. And over the years, Jill's noticed that the people that work for her, her help at her houses, probably spoke Spanish occasionally. So she thought that those people at the event this week might like it if she tried to speak Spanish too. But she made an absolute fool of herself and she exposed her institutional racism that has been ingrained in her mind after decades of racist Democrat politics. Don't forget, Democrat Party is where racism was born. So just remember, when you encounter a Democrat politician or even someone with a Biden bumper sticker on their car, the Bidens are longtime racists. It's ingrained in their marriage. So if you see somebody who supports the Bidens, that person is likely judging you based on your skin color. And they probably can't speak Spanish very well either. So just beware. All right, let's head out to our hosts and correspondents around America where the action is happening. We start in Denver with Jessica Rivera for an update on the lockdown at the Capitol. Dr. Gina, yeah, at the nation's capital just after 1 p.m. Eastern time earlier today, Good Friday, 25-year-old Noah Green of Indiana, who may have lived in Virginia, rammed a blue sedan car into a north barricade, hitting two Capitol Police officers. Authorities say Noah jumped out of the car with a machete-like knife and lunged at the officers, stabbing and killing 18-year Capitol Police veteran William Billy Evans and badly injuring another officer. An investigation is underway at the Capitol where no one is allowed to enter or exit any building in the Capitol complex. Initially, authorities said the deadly attack did not appear to be terrorism related, but we are now learning on his social media, no identified as a, a follower of the Nation of Islam. So we, of course, authorities have not officially came out with that information, but that is what we are learning at this time. And Dr. Gina, We've heard from Senate Majority Chuck uh, Schumer, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who have all thanked Officer Evans for his bravery. They also have given their condolences to Officer Evans' family and friends, and U.S. Capitol flags will all be flown at half-staff in honor of Officer Evans' life. And Dr. Gina, that is the latest in the Capitol attack. Well, we hate knowing that, Jessica. Um, we appreciate you bringing us the latest updates on that, but you just hate hearing of yet another fallen first responder like that. Um, so sad to hear. Absolutely it is, and it's Good Friday. We're going into the Easter weekend, so it's especially disheartening and just very sad news on this Friday. Yeah, praying for those families, especially, especially this time of year. Thanks so much, Jessica. You're welcome. All right, and we're going to talk to Congressman Jerry Carl about this incident at the Capitol today. And now we will, though, first go out to Sophie Mann, the host of Just the News. Sophie, go ahead. Hey, Dr. G. It's Friday, so you know that means jobs numbers are out. The, um, the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics released a new jobs report this morning saying that the economy has added 916,000 new jobs in the last month. That's a big number um, compared to the trends we've seen this year. It's actually the biggest number that we've seen since August of 2020. The estimation is that that has a lot to do with the rollout of the vaccine and getting people back into the workforce. 
Uh, we spoke with Joe Weber earlier today who also said that it could have something to do with some states like Mississippi, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Alabama, and the like rolling back significant coronavirus restrictions that allow their work their workforce uh, to return 100 percent to capacity and begin that participation effort. Again, I'm sure those numbers will continue going up, though it is unclear how they will play um, with the Biden kind of uh, continued forceful execution of the coronavirus restrictions. Hopefully we see these numbers continue to go up and the economy continue to recover while it still is able to. Yeah, absolutely right, Sophie. As President Trump said in my interview with him yesterday, he had to build that economy not once, but twice. And uh, wow, what a great job he did that it's even lasting into the insane amount of spending and ridiculous restrictions put on our economy by the Joe Biden administration. Now out to RAV correspondent Heather Mullins for an update on the battle over the new Georgia voting law. What can you tell us, Heather? Well, Gina, unfortunately, this uh, new Georgia election law, like all the election laws across our country, has been politicized. And you've had you have people now on the very far left that are using the mainstream media to uh, attack this election law and label them, you know, close to Jim Crow laws and that sort of thing, saying it disenfranchises minority voters, which is just not the case. Uh, this new law in Georgia, actually, it requires voter ID, but uh, voter IDs, to, to the knowledge of many people are free in the state of Georgia. It also allows for 17 days of early voting, which is actually more early voting days than most blue states in the country. Yet we're hearing from Democrats that this uh, limits voting, right? Limits voting rights for people. The other thing that uh, it does is that it actually expands ballot drop boxes. Many people don't know, but ballot drop boxes were not even a thing in Georgia prior to the pandemic. They actually came about because of the pandemic, uh, thanks to the election committee. And so this is the first time the Georgia legislature has actually added ballot drop boxes to the law. And what it states is that you can have either one per 100,000 people or one for each early voting precinct. So nothing in it mentions anything about race or anything about uh, urban communities or anything of that nature, which is what the left is perpetuating. In fact, they're spreading this misinformation that has actually garnished the attention of uh, uh, Joe Biden, who came out saying that the Major League Baseball should move their all-star game out of Georgia, one of the most right. diverse states in our country, which mm -hmm. the Major League Baseball actually released a statement saying they're going to do that now. And so now you have the Atlanta Braves saying, hey, we disagree with this decision. And what this does is it actually takes an economically stimulating event out of one of the most diverse states in our country, one of the most diverse uh, cities, Atlanta, right, where the majority of people are actually people of color. So this is actually taking away from minorities. Now let's head on over to John Solomon, the founder of Just the News. John, had to have you back today to talk about the brand new Hunter Biden interview that he did for CBS because you've been on this Hunter Biden corruption story from the very beginning, uncovering most of what is real out there in the news. And I want to play this clip that CBS released today of Hunter Biden talking about his laptop that turned up in a computer repair shop. We all remember it had evidence of his shady foreign business dealings, among other things. Let's listen and then get your reaction.
Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's, is, this is I really don't know okay. the answer is. That's you don't know yes answer. or no if the laptop was yours. I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was, the, that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. John. So maybe, it might be, it could be, it might have been, it could have been hacked. What's the answer? Well, uh, the, with all things Hunter Biden, you can't ever get a straight answer from him or his father about what happened. This is a very simple question. Did you drop off a laptop in Delaware and did you leave it behind? Is John Paul McIsaac telling the truth or not? And instead he does the four-person four dodge and uh, the reporter uh, weekly doesn't follow up, right? Doesn't actually ask the question. The facts are in evidence. The shop owner says he left it here. Here's his signature. Here are the emails. By the way, many of the emails that I've uh, looked at, we've authenticated with the actual recipients or senders of emails. We had a big story this week confirming another email on the laptop. But the media has not done its job on Hunter Biden. They ask softballs. They don't follow up. They don't even seem to be aware of it. How do we know that? National Public Radio, National Public Radio, NPR, which gets money from we, the American people, uh, it ran a story earlier this week saying that the contents on the laptop and the laptop had been debunked by U.S. intelligence. No, it hasn't. No one has debunked it. And today they had to make an embarrassing correction. Reporters are so unfamiliar, so incurious about the Hunter Biden story, they can't even get the most basic of facts right or ask the most important of questions. But here's what they do, John, and they've done this to probably you. They've definitely done it to me. They've done it to many conservatives, or, or if it's a liberal, uh, they make the correction, and they make it very quietly. They make it in small print. It doesn't connect to the most profound articles in the big tech searches. So in other words, on Google and on Safari and all the big tech giants, yeah. uh, they don't connect the corrections, right? So your article that I, by the way, just tweeted, it's, it should be up toward the top of my timeline and, and in my other social media as well at Real Dr. Gina, um, it, it, those, those articles like yours won't be the ones that when you stick them in your normal search engines, aside from the alternative search engines like DuckDuckGo and others, um, they won't be the ones that pop up, John. It'll be the ones like the NPR, uh, like the original interview, that make it seem like Hunter Biden did no wrong, and liberals will sail on merrily down the stream believing like they, be you know, believing that Hunter Biden is, is innocent, and I'm not even kidding on this, like they believe the wrong thing about Russia collusion, even though you've done the research that proves completely opposite of what the mainstream narrative is, you know, and, and story after story after story, it doesn't even matter what it is, John, they continue to, to link the lies and the left continues to literally preach the wrong narrative, the wrong stories, the lies knowingly, and the rank and file left voter continues to believe it. What do we do? Uh, you know, the, uh, the media, the professional media, the mainstream media created a witness protection program for Joe Biden and his son. And they did it by debunking things loudly. And then when they found out they were wrong, uh, quietly correcting them by suppressing stories like Twitter did about the laptop. Uh, why Twitter has now been sued by John Paul McIsaac, the laptop shop owner, for libel. Um, the, uh, the media has done this for much of the last five years, starting with the Trump uh, Russia collusion and all through the four years of Trump and 
now into the first three or four months of the Biden presidency. The only alternative is to create new news organizations like Real America's Voice, Just the News, the star news network that's working its way around the country, create new social media platforms like CloudHub and Parler and uh, Rumble, the amazing video platform. All you can do, because the, the media has shown after five years, they are dug in. They're not going to change their dishonest practices. So you just create a new ecosystem. You build it out and you create truth tellers and new channels and they will grow and, and the American people will get the truth. The American people are very discerning. You know, we had a poll uh, right after the election, even though the news media uh, suppressed all the Hunter Biden stuff, 77% of people in our poll at Just the News said they thought that Hunter Biden had done something wrong in Ukraine and in his business dealings while his father was vice president. So despite the stranglehold and the blockades and the blackouts and the false news, uh, the American people kind of figured this out. And that shows you how much smarter they are than most of the mainstream uh, media elitists who try to spoon feed them garbage. See, and that's why people watch, John, because you always bring it back full circle to the most positive, optimistic viewpoint and make my day just like that. John, happy Easter. Thank you so much. You too, Gina. Thank you. Thank you. We do have, unfortunately, some sad news. Coming up, we talked to Congressman Jerry Carl about the incident, incident that caused a lockdown at the U.S. Capitol today and led to the death of Capitol Police, Office, uh, Capitol Police Officer and also the death of the knife-wielding attacker. We have more of that latest news coming up next. Stick around. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. A few hours ago, U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., sadly, an Indiana man identified as a 25-year-old man, Noah Green, rammed his car into a barricade and hit two Capitol Police officers, killing one of them. Authorities say the attacker jumped out of the car with a knife and was ultimately shot and killed by officers. Here with me now is Congressman Jerry Carl. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Great to be with you, Gene. I'm sorry under these circumstances, but great to be with you. Yes, exactly. Congressman, uh, what do you know about this incident today? And uh, do you know of any staff who was there that may have been witness to it? No, I don't. Uh, the information we've been getting so far is coming through the Capitol Police, their tech system. So they've been texting us information. I did have a couple of staff members that were, were in the office there in D.C. Uh, they've been on lockdown, but I'm, I'm glad to report that they're, they're good. And they've gone home. So uh, they're, we're, we're, my staff's in good shape. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's the first thing you want to do is check. Um, you know, I thought the Capitol was locked down, so things like this wouldn't happen. What do you make of that? Well, you, you say that, but what has happened is it's shown that it's working. Uh, the barricades were up. Uh, the car runs into it. It stops the car. Uh, the, and I can only imagine, I mean, none of us know any of the details, but 
I would imagine uh, the two Capitol Police probably thought that was just a simple car wreck and ran to it and got close enough to be, you know, uh, obviously cut or stabbed with the knife that he had. So uh, it, when I first heard it, I, I, I knew those, those metal barricades, you're not going to jump over those and you're not going to knock them down. So I thought it was, and I still believe that it was probably a death by suicide, uh, you know, by, by a police officer. And, and that's, I, I still believe that that's it. We, we won't know. It's, it's really too early to start guessing. But uh, right now, we just need to try our best to keep politics out of it. Yeah, well, count on the fact that the Democrats won't do that, Congressman. Initially, the authorities said the deadly attack did not appear to be terror-related. But looking at the man's social media, he is a follower of the Nation of Islam. This would be the second incident in only a couple of weeks. Um, do do are we are we looking at another terrifying mm, rise of something that it seems like the Donald Trump administration had sort of fixed? That it seems like the loosening of or the weakening of this administration is sort of loosing on our nation again. You know, Dr. Gina. Everyone thought that when Trump came out of office, things would get peaceful and we would all, you know, kind of hang around the fire holding hands. Uh, and, and it's been just the opposite. Uh, you know, the Democrats have really pushed the Republicans back. Uh, obviously, they don't need our opinion. They don't re they don't respect our, our offices and the people in our districts. Uh, it, and it's gotten much worse. I mean, you look at Congress as a whole. Uh, the last report I saw, we have a we have a 13 percent approval rating. 13%. I would never, never buy a company with a 13% approval rating. So, and, and it's not going to get any better by, by playing politics, especially with an event like this. And it, it's a horrible event, and we, we've lost some family members. These Capitol Police are with us constantly. Uh, they move with us. They're, they're, they're in our offices. Uh, we get to know them on a first-name basis. It, it, it's, it's, it's like losing a family member. It truly is. They care a tremendous amount for this country. So we can't say no positive about it. So I certainly hope my, my brother and on the other side do not turn this into a political firestorm because it has nothing to do with politics. Uh, if, if that gentleman, if it truly is his religion and he did it for that, that purpose, that's an individual choice, uh, just like we see in, in, in so many uh, other radicals. Um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see and just find out exactly what's going on. You know, it may be something as simple as a mental health issue that, that got misdiagnosed or missed. But at this point, we really don't know. So I want to be careful not to try to start, start a firestorm or a rumor that we just truly don't know uh, much about. All right, let's change topics to, unfortunately, another terrible crisis happening now. The border crisis is at its worst in decades, and this week we've seen some terrible footage coming out from the border. Uh, young children being dropped over the border wall, also a nine-year-old drowned in the Rio Grande. I had the president, former president, uh, Donald Trump, on this show yesterday, and he agonizes, frankly, did on this show about all the progress that was made under his administration and the fact that Joe Biden has essentially dropped the ball on this country, on the American people, and frankly, on the humanitarian efforts that were made for the very people that Joe Biden has invited into harm's and death's way in these days. Uh, what is your comment on that? 
You know, this is this has become Biden's uh, Hurricane Katrina. Uh, this is something he can't fix. He can't get away from. It's his. He's got to own it. Uh, these kids being dropped over this fence. I heard my wife screaming the other night in, in the bedroom. It's, I knew it was something she was watching on TV. And I, I ran in there to see see this this portion of this child being dropped over. Just horrible, horrible. Yeah. But, you know, President Biden, he is so bent on changing everything that, that Trump put in place. And, and that's the it's, it's just it's ridiculous. We can fix this. It's a simple thing to fix. Finish it. Finish the wall. Let's get down there and secure these borders up and turn people around. We have to for the sake of this country. The drugs that are flowing into this country. I mean, again, I was with the Coast Guard this week and, and or excuse me, last week. And we talked about, you know, the human trafficking that they're, 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 they're cutting off coming in into the Port Mobile that they're being hit in boats. The drugs that are coming from Mexico, it is horrible. The cartels are running that country. The, the Mexican government can say anything they want to say. And they told Biden, you asked for it, you got it. That's basically what it boils down to. But the, but the cartels are running it and they're just flooding those people for a profit. They're flooding their drugs over here for a profit. And we're watching small town Americans just die out from these drugs. And, you know, and we've got to get we've got to quit blaming one another and, and blame and go after the, the real issue here. And the issues are the cartels, the issues are the drugs and the, and, and, and the human uh, trafficking that's going on. It's, it's that simple. So we know what the, we know what the problems are. Let's go fix it. It, it really is sad that, you know, we've come so far. It must be very frustrating to you. I know it's very frustrating to me as a mother when I look at the issues that really prompted so many of us to get involved and to risk so much to be involved and to see, you know, the things that were fixed, really essentially fixed or well on their way to being fixed, being just dismantled right before our very eyes and then adding to that all of the debt and all of the spending it just is very frustrating oh, congressman gosh. jerry carl yeah. yeah go ahead yeah i was going to say the spending and the debt is so out of control now now we've got what they call the infrastructure package which is anything but that that's just like the coverage yeah. package nine percent i think the infrastructure package may be a little bit better it may be 11 percent. i haven't seen the final numbers but but the spending is just totally out of control it, it's like a bunch of drunk sailors that have hit a port and they're going to spend every dollar they can get their hands on because they know they have to get back on that boat. And, and it, it's, it's scary from a financial standpoint. And we've got to start speaking up and calling it the way it is. This is pure abuse. They are burdening our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren down with this debt. We're, you know, we're going to be looking at $30 trillion. Trillion. You can go to the moon and back, and I'd have to do the math. But the last time I did the math was eight and a half times you could circle the earth with $1 bills, times that by 30 now. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's uncomprehensive. And I'm gonna do the math next time I talk to you, I'll tell you how far you can go with that. But it's, it's, it's just crazy how, how there's no business sense in Washington uh, in the Democrat no, party right not. now. It's just spin, well, we'll take spin, you up on spin. that, Congressman, and, and we'll, we'll have you back on soon. And uh, we you. wish you all the best of your Easter holiday. And thanks for being with us. You, take care and thank you so much. Coming up, a new social media site stepped up and posted the Trump interview that Facebook did not want you to see, the one that the president and I talked about yesterday on this show. We're going to tell you more about it. Coming up next, Dr. Gina Primetime. More of it coming at you right after this. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Dr. Cheetah Primetime. We told you earlier this week about the interview that President Trump did with his daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, that was scrubbed from Facebook and Instagram, and YouTube had already banned the Trump accounts, so big tech essentially silenced the president once again. But a new social media company, a new platform came to the rescue, and they posted the interview for the entire world to see. You can watch it on Clout Hub, and Jeff Brain is the founder of that platform, and he joins us right now. Jeff, it has to feel good to be able to take on big tech and create a winning moment like that. How's it feel? Well, certainly. You know, it shows the importance of competition, right? If, if there wasn't competition, yeah. Laura's interview would be hidden from the public and nobody would be able to see it. We believe that people have a right to hear everybody, especially former president of the United States or a world leader who half the country supports. And we think that his voice is important and should be heard and then people can decide what they believe. Yeah, because you're not a partisan site. You're not a partisan site, but you simply believe in freedom of speech. Uh, one of the th questions that I asked you before I got involved, because the last thing I wanted, honestly, was another social media site that I had to pay attention to and put time into and post on. Um, so I spent a long time asking you a lot of questions. And one of the things I asked you was, what can I and what can I not post on your site? And you said, well, here are a list of our banned words. You can't post these. If you do, we'll remove your post. If you say anything other than these, you'll be fine. Um, you handed me the list. It's published. It's in print. Anyone can ask for the same list that I li asked for. Um, and other than that, you have no rules. It is, it is literal freedom of expression, just like is mentioned in our Bill of Rights. Imagine that. <laughs> but that's right. really your principle. This is not about Republican or Democrat. This is not about Joe Biden or Donald Trump. This is really just about people being able to go on there and engage in civil discourse or uh, talk about their favorite product or um, a million other things that used to happen when we used to have free speech, right? Well, you're absolutely correct. You know, it, it isn't about left or right. We're a platform for everybody. And what I wanted to create was a place where people can come back together and discuss the issues, discuss the issues that are affecting their neighborhoods, their states, their country. We need to start to come back together. And so on CloudHub, you're free to talk about any issue. We welcome the tough issues on our platform. And you're right. What we don't want and what I found most people don't want, whether on the left or the right, is the hate or the incitement to violence. So we found a very good balance where you are welcome to talk about the issues, but we do prevent you from talking about hate. You know, we, like you said, we publish a, a list of words that are uh, derogatory racial slurs or graphic sexual terms that we ask you not to use, but it's very upfront 
And, and as long as you don't use those words, you're, you're fine. And, and if you did use those words by accident, you're just going to get a pop-up that says, this is not appropriate for CloudHub. Please edit or delete it. It never lands on the platform. If somebody was to try and post a picture that had porn on it, they're just going to get a pop-up that says, this is not appropriate. But again, it never lands on the platform. So, so we really have uh, civil and, and interesting interaction on our platform, which is, you know, people are tired of the toxic discussions and accusations on the other platforms. They really want a place where they can get back to finding common ground, working together and solve problems. And one of my favorite things about your site also is you've tried to make it so easy for people to form groups and work together for the betterment of society. That's one of your big uh, goals in mm -hmm. this uh, because other formats other platforms have tried to limit people's ability to do this um, so in addition to not canceling people in addition to not censoring people and that's another thing that you've tried to fix about your site clout hub um, but uh, one of the other things that i think is really interesting is that you've created your own owned technology i'm sure i'm using all the wrong terms you can correct me here <laughs> but so that you it's it'd be much harder we won't say that you can't get canceled but i'll just say that my understanding is it'd be much harder to cancel you even though i'm sure many are trying because there are people the elite in this country they don't want us to have free speech so tell us about have you have people tried to cancel you well we did have an incident back after the election where ibm which hosted our our video channels uh, took all our channels down. They put ended up putting many back, but they left some off, and, and that was just a uh, inappropriate in, in my mind. You know, we in America, you're supposed to be able to have an opinion. You know, and uh, it was, people were expressing their opinion about what they felt happened in the election, and they took those channels down. So what we did is we went ahead. You know, I could have actually left that alone and just moved on. But I decided that's not right. That's not the principle that I believe in. And that's not the principle of what CloudHub is built on, which is, you know, bringing people together and, and giving them a place where they can express themselves to have a debate. And so I, I actually spent a lot of money to, to replace that with our own hosting and video management platform. And that's back up now. And, uh, you know, all those channels, most of those channels are all back. And, and I, I think we needed to send a message that we're not going to be silenced by big tech. You know, big tech has become big brother. They're, they're silencing our voices, deciding what we get to see. And it's just not right that they put the thumb on the scale of, of, of you know, what we get to learn. So you own your own technology, so they can't pull the videos down from there, so folks can put their videos up there, which I think is super exciting because other, other platforms that have tried to start out, they've been, they've been stymied by you know, getting canceled, but, but you own that's your own right. technology, and I think that's great. Your site has grown tremendously. Um, you had Laura Trump, uh, get clout, as you like to say, uh, yeah. just yesterday. And, uh, and uh, so any other big good news with just a couple of seconds remaining? Yeah, sure. No, we welcome everybody and we're excited to have Laura Trump and be able to provide her an option when she got censored by the others. We, we've we welcomed General Flynn, um, uh, John Solomon, who's on your program, you, and we, we of course, would welcome the president. Uh, he's looking for a social media site. I think we're a perfect site for him because of our we're, we're designed specifically for civic, social, and political engagement. Absolutely. Jeff Brain. Founder of Cloud Hub. Get the Cloud Hub app. Check it out. It's very user friendly. It's so fun, and uh, people can find it. I'll go ahead and post a link on all of my social media sites at Real Dr. Gina so people can find it, and I'll make it real easy. All you got to do is click on it, and then they can join, and I'll see you there. And Jeff, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Doctor.
Coming up, the president spoke about topics in his interview with me yesterday that he has never spoken about in interviews before. Pastor Daryl Scott and Bruce Lavelle, our Freedom Friday guys, are up next to tell you all about it. You don't want to miss this. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. Stick around. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, my interview with the president got a lot of attention after we ran it on the show last night, and I asked him something that he's not been asked in other interviews before. I asked him about his walk with the Lord. And here with me now to discuss the host of SmackDown with Daryl Scott, seen right here on Saturday nights on RAV. You never want to miss it. And frankly, it's not Freedom Friday without our own Bruce Lavelle here. And I can't believe that I had the president yesterday. I have no. Daryl and Bruce here on Freedom Friday, which is also Good Friday. This is like the best day in television ever. <laughs> God bless America. It's good to have you guys. Thanks for being with me. Hey, I'm happy. Yeah. Happy Friday. <laughs> you killed it, it girl. Awesome. You killed oh, it thank yesterday. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And you know, a lot of that's because you guys were out there shouting it out for me and posting it everywhere and helping me get the attention of America so they knew the president was on the show, and I appreciate that. I want to go to this clip. Uh, Bruce and I already had like a two-hour-long conversation about this this morning. But I want to go to this clip uh, where I asked our president, our, our President Trump, about his faith, because this is something I really wanted to know. So it was my question almost right out of the box, because, you know, as an interviewer, you always ask your first questions first in case he goes on for 10 minutes, and then that's the end of the interview, and that's the only question you get in, right? So this was a really important one to me. Check it out. Past presidents have talked about how much the weight of the office pushed them closer to God. Um, I haven't heard you talk about your faith experience, but I feel like I saw it just kind of knowing you and watching how much the Christian community embraced you. Talk to us about your walk with the Lord during this whole entire experience of being president and then everything you have gone through in the last couple of months. Well, I think that your expression about pushed you closer to God is a beautiful expression. I haven't heard it that way. You hear it, but you don't hear it that way. The words are beautiful because it, it's uh, true. Uh, you're going through this horrible situation where, and I say it, I say it loudly. I, I had two jobs when I was president to do a great job for the country and protect the country and to uh, survive, survival, because what they put us all through was just horrible. And, and it continues. It's just a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Five and a half years of investigations and Mueller, Russia, Russia, Russia nonsense. And, uh, you know, with all of the stacked, everything was stacked. We had 18 angry Democrats and there was no collusion after two years. But they knew that on day one. They should have come out day one. It's a disgrace. So to go through all that and it continues onward and onward. Uh, but you love the country and you love the people of the country and you love God it's all, it's just, it's a beautiful thing what's happened. 
Gentlemen, uh, you know, I remember when I was on the speaking circuit, I believe it was for my second book, and I lived in San Diego at the time, and I would fly around the country, and I had all these pre-planned speeches. And then I had started, I was at the time, uh, on other networks, many other networks. I was uh, just giving speeches and I would be invited to go on television. At that time, even the leftist networks used to have conservatives like me uh, on those shows. And uh, I was all over media at that time. And I would go to speak to Republican groups and I would get booed because I was on air defending candidate Donald Trump because Republicans didn't like him at all, and especially, especially pro-life Christian groups would boo me when I stood up to speak. No. no kidding. And I remember saying to them, I know you all think that he's not a Christian, but I believe there's something in him I'm seeing. And I think, I said, mm -hmm. let me ask you this. What if there were a conversion in the Oval Office. Everybody screams we need revival. What if revival happened in the Oval Office? And that would shut him down, and they would listen to me. At least they'd listen to me. And then, of course, we all saw that revival happen in that man. We saw it happen. But you, you had, I didn't know him yet. I didn't know, I know him now very well. I didn't know him yet. I never met him until well after he was elected. A lot of people don't know that. But you knew him. You had a front row seat. Bruce Lavelle, tell me what it was like to see that man in what was really a, a transformation of faith. Well, you know, listen, thanks for having me. It's, man, I tell you, I was just thinking back, but let me tell you, if it wasn't for that man next to you, Daryl Scott, I, would have I wouldn't even be here. And let's just put that on the table for the record right there. And I was very privileged and honored to be a guest uh, way back in 15 when uh, Pastor Dale hosted these pastors in this meeting. And, you know, a lot of the pastors around the country are trying to figure out who's this Donald Trump guy. And, I, you know, it, it hit me in there, you know, after two and a half hours of, of people going around asking about, you know, where his faith was. And he was passing around this beautiful Bible that belonged to him with some really great pictures in it. And one of them was when they uh, one of the pictures I recall very uh, vividly was where there were I think they were in the middle school and there were some black kids in those pictures, too. I remember that. But more so than anything is that I, I felt like there there was something really spiritually moving that day. The fact that this man would give up his entire, you know, uh, you know, his business, not give it up, but just take a step to the side and, and risk it all. And I knew I said, yeah. this has got to be the Lord. And this has got to be, you know, for someone yeah. that talks about the babies in the womb to someone that talks about, you know, uh, you know, telling those pastors in that room, listen, I want to sign the executive order protecting your right to preach in your pulpits. I mean, Dr. G, the list goes on and on. I don't want to take too much because I, I, I want to yield back over to my my older brother from another mother <laughs> to, to yes, really bring it yes. home. <laughs> yeah. And Daryl, Pastor, how did you know? What did you see? Well, it was easy for me to support President Trump because I actually met him in an impromptu prayer meeting back in 2011. I've known him 10 years now, and I was asked to come to Trump Tower by a mutual friend, and I didn't know that Donald Trump was going to be there. I knew that this mutual friend had a condo unit at Trump Towers, and I thought we were going to meet there. When my wife and I got there, we wound up going into the office part and on the 25th floor and Donald Trump comes in. Now there were several other preachers there that I know, nationally known preachers, black and white. You know, I don't want to call their names because they haven't divulged the meeting, but Donald Trump walks in and he said, listen, I'm, I asked you guys to come here today. I asked my friend to invite some people here that she thought heard from God. 
because I'm thinking about running for president in 2012, and I want you guys to pray on me that God gives me the wisdom to make the right decision. I was like, what? Wow. And you know what? Nobody got their cell phones out and made it a social media moment. He bowed his head. We laid our hands. We prayed on him. He was just like any regular, ordinary person that's asking for prayer. We prayed on him that God give him wisdom and, uh, and lead him in the right direction. And then one preacher, a very well nationally known preacher, if I called his name, Bruce, especially you would know him because he's from Georgia, has thousands yep. of members. He said to Donald Trump back then, he said, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. If you run for president, you are going to be the target of a satanic attack, the likes of which you've never yep. known before. Yep. And President Trump yep. really didn't understand the terminology. He didn't understand the lingo. But I mm -hmm. saw it after that. Over the next five years, nothing but the devil coming against him. And, you know, he said something in that meeting that was very insightful. He said, while you guys were off pursuing a higher calling, I was building buildings. I think it's time for me to catch up which means that he considered what the Christians were doing, the pastors were doing, of a higher calling than what he was doing. And, you know, so we went on, and through the years, one thing I will say about him, all of the fundamental tenets of the Christian faith, a pre-existence of Jesus Christ, virgin birth, sinless life, vicarious death, burial, resurrection, ascension, second coming, he believes all of that. Yep. So all the fundamental basic tenets of the Christian faith, he believes. Now, his sanctification, his personal private walk with God, that's between him and God, just like anybody else's yep. is. Of course. And so, you know, we can't say he, what he is or isn't, but I know one thing. He has a high regard for the Lord. He, he yep. reverences, he worships God. And now the way he worships, maybe he doesn't worship the way I worship, but you can't yep. say he doesn't have a relationship with God because he mm -hmm. most definitely does. Super quickly, yeah. Bruce, because we only have a couple minutes left in the show, but you told me stories about how anytime you've mentioned praying, he immediately says, yes, I, mm -hmm. I want to pray right now. He, he's never said no, and this is many, many times you told me. You also told me this morning about a time when uh, you, you, someone said to him, uh, you guys were in prayer right before the whole COVID thing, and it was called that you knew this was coming. Something was coming. It just was a dark, dark feeling in the yeah. room where COVID was called, was prophesied almost in that moment. It's easy to be faithful when life is heavy and hard. Uh, right now he's back at Mar-a-Lago and he golfs most, a lot of the time. He goes to dinner every night. I see him almost every night there. Uh, everybody yeah. he sees who crosses his path loves him. Everyone is coming through town to kiss the ring. Life has gotten much more normal for Donald Trump. He is back to being king of his fiefdom. How is his faith right now, if you know, very quickly, if you can? Well, you know, I, I'm sitting here still getting goosebumps listening to the stories, you know, and I'm thinking back, way back from, you yeah. know, just the walk in general. And, you know, Dr. Jenna, you're right. I remember the last, right before we shut down uh, the country, you know, we were, at, we were celebrating Black History Month. Pastor D was there and all, you know, a lot of us were there. It's a, I'll call it a very iconic uh, time to where, you know, I actually asked Paul, Pastor Paul, I said, hey, you mind if we do prayer? He said, yeah, ask him. So I asked him. He's like, yeah, sure. You know, and then we all laid hands and we prayed again. And it's just like this, this feeling came over. I was like, my God, what is what is going on? You know, so it, it just confirmed the fact that, you know, God uses us in all different ways. He picks all types of people. 
you know, and, and I'll be, I'll take it a little further. I really believe that he was part of the prophecy of Isaiah 45. He was the Cyrus of the generation. He was the guy that comes in that's, you know, doesn't speak a certain way or walk a certain way. Or it was like, Lord, why this man? I said, yeah, Lord, why not this man? So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just begun. The, the journey is still going on. I, you know, I say in my spirit, stay tuned. I think the best is yet to come. Like he said, one of his prophecies to the nation as well as himself but, you know, I, I tell you, I think that um, he's definitely put the nation on notice. And I think in the last several months, I think he's challenged and really got people to question about their own face and brought a lot of people back to the Lord, Dr. G. I think so, too. In so many ways, he, this whole nation has been brought to its knees by the attacks they've seen on this, on this man who did his very best and gave up so much. 90 seconds left in the show. All right. It's Friday, almost the end of the show. So that means it's time for our meme of the day. We have Joe Biden's new phone in the Oval Office. It has nice big pictures on the buttons of his children and his wife, just like the cheat sheet that he had during his press conference with big pictures of all the reporters that he was supposed to call on. Daryl, I don't think Joe needs that phone in the Oval Office because Kamala is probably the one making any phone calls that happen anyway, right? Well, right, but Joe needs those pictures on that phone so he can remember who they are. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't confuse his wife with his sister. All right, Bruce Lavelle and Daryl Scott, thanks to both of you. Watch SmackDown with Daryl Scott, 7 p.m. Saturday nights. You won't want to miss it. Thank you both for being with us. Thanks. Thank you. And it's called SmackDown. <laughs> and thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice, RAV TV, live from Studio 6P, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Happy Easter, happy Passover, and we'll see you on Monday.